0: "'Dick by the arm, he gave him such a box on the ear as made him roar with the pain and surprise. "'As soon as we saw the master, we trotted up nearer to see what went on. "'Bad boy,' he said. "'Bad boy to chase the colts. "'This is not the first time, nor the second, but it shall be the last. "'There, take your money and go home. "'I shall not want you on my farm again.' "'So we never saw Dick any more?' old daniel the man who looked after the horses was just as gentle as our master so we were well off chapter two the hunt before i was two years old a circumstance happened which i have never forgotten it was early in the spring there had been a little frost in the night and a light mist still hung over the plantations and meadows I and the other colts were feeding at the lower part of the field when we heard, quite in the distance, what sounded like the cry of dogs. The oldest of the colts raised his head, pricked his ears, and said, There are the hounds, and immediately cantered off, followed by the rest of us, to the upper part of the field, where we could look over the hedge and see several fields beyond. My mother and an old riding horse of our masters were also standing near, and seemed to know all about it. They have found a hare, said my mother, and if they come this way we shall see the hunt. And soon the dogs were all tearing down the field of young wheat next to ours. I never heard such a noise as they made. They did not bark, nor howl, nor whine, but kept on a yo at the top of their voices. After them came a number of men on horseback, some of them in green coats, all galloping as fast as they could. The old horse snorted and looked eagerly after them, and we young colts wanted to be galloping with them, but they were soon away into the fields lower down. Here it seemed as if they had come to a stand. The dogs left off barking and ran about every way with their noses to the ground. "'They've lost the scent,' said the old horse. "'Perhaps the hare will get off.' "'What hare?' I said, "'Oh, I don't know what hare. Likely enough it may be one of our own hares out at the plantation. Any hare they can find will do for the dogs and men to run after.' And before long the dogs began their Yo yoo again, and back they all came together at full speed, making straight for our meadow at the part where the high bank and hedge overhang the brook. "'Now we shall see the hare,' said my mother. "'and just then a hare, wild with fright, rushed by and made for the plantation. "'On came the dogs. "'They burst over the bank, leapt the stream, and came dashing across the field, "'followed by the huntsman. Six or eight men leaped their horses clean over, close upon the dogs. "'The hare tried to get through the fence. "'It was too thick, and she turned sharp around to make for the road, but it was too late. "'The dogs were upon her with their wild cries. "'We heard one shriek and that was the end of her. One of the huntsmen rode up and whipped off the dogs, who would soon have torn her to pieces. He held her up by the leg, torn and bleeding, and all the gentlemen seemed well pleased. As for me, I was so astonished that I did not at first see what was going on by the brook, but when I did look, there was a sad sight. Two fine horses were down, one was struggling in the stream and the other was groaning on the grass. One of the riders was getting out of the water, covered with mud. The other lay quite still. "'His neck is broken,' said my mother. "'And serve him right, too,' said one of the colts. "'I thought the same, but my mother did not join with us. "'Well, no,' she said. "'You must not say that. "'But though I am an old horse, and have seen and heard a great deal,' I never yet could make out why men are so fond of this sport. They often hurt themselves, often spoil good horses, and tear up the fields, and all for a hare, or a fox, or a stag, that they could get more easily some other way. But we are only horses, and don't know. Whilst my mother was saying this, we stood and looked on. Many of the riders had gone to the young man— But my master, who had been watching what was going on, was the first to raise him. His head fell back and his arms hung down and everyone looked very serious. There was no noise now. Even the dogs were quiet and seemed to know that something was wrong. They carried him to our master's house. I heard afterwards that it was young George Gordon, the squire's only son, a fine, tall young man and the pride of his family. There was now riding off in all directions to the doctors, to the farriers, and no doubt to Squire Gordon's to let him know about his son. When Mr Bond, the farrier, came to look at the black horse that lay groaning on the grass, he felt him all over and shook his head. One of his legs was broken. Then someone ran to our master's house and came back with a gun. Presently there was a loud bang and a dreadful shriek, and then all was still. The black horse moved no more. My mother seemed much troubled. She said she had known that horse for years and that his name was Rob Roy. He was a good, bold horse, and there was no vice in him. She never would go to that part of the field afterwards. Not many days after, we heard the church bell tolling for a long time. And looking over the gate, we saw a long, strange black coach that was covered with black cloth and was drawn by black horses. After that came another and another and another and another, and all were black, while the bell kept tolling, tolling. They were carrying young Gordon to the churchyard to bury him. He would never ride again. What they did with Rob Roy I never knew, but twas all for one little hair. CHAPTER THREE MY BREAKING IN I was now beginning to grow handsome. My coat had grown fine and soft and was bright black. I had one white foot and a pretty white star on my forehead. I was thought very handsome. My master would not sell me till I was four years old. He said lads ought not to work like men, and colts ought not to work like horses till they were quite grown up. When I was four years old, Squire Gordon came to look at me. He examined my ears, my mouth, and my legs. He felt them all down, and then I had to walk and trot and gallop before him. He seemed to like me, and said, "'When he has been well broken in, he will do very well.' My master said he would break me in himself, as he should not like me to be frightened or hurt, and he lost no time about it, for the next day he began— Everyone may not know what breaking-in is, therefore I will describe it. It means to teach a horse to wear a saddle and bridle, and to carry on his back a man, woman, or child, to go just the way they wish, and to go quietly. Besides this he has to learn to wear a collar, a crupper, and a breeching, and to stand still whilst they are put on then to have a cart or a chaise fixed behind him, so that he cannot walk or trot without dragging it after him, and he must go fast or slow, just as the driver wishes. He must never start at what he sees, nor speak to other horses, nor bite, nor kick, nor have any will of his own, but always do his master's will, even though he may be very tired or hungry. But the worst of all is— When his harness is once on, he may neither jump for joy nor lie down for weariness. So you see, this breaking in is a great thing. I had, of course, long been used to a halter and a headstall, and to be led about in the field and lanes quietly. But now I was to have a bit and a bridle. My master gave me some oats, as usual, and after a good deal of coaxing he got the bit into my mouth and the bridle fixed. But it was a nasty thing! Those who have never had a bit in their mouths cannot think how bad it feels. A great piece of cold, hard steel, as thick as a man's finger, to be pushed into one's mouth, between one's teeth and over one's tongue, with the ends coming out at the corners of your mouth, and held fast there by straps over your head, under your throat, round your nose and under your chin, so that no way in the world can you get rid of the nasty, hard thing. "'It is very bad, yes, very bad. "'At least I thought so. "'But I knew my mother always wore one when she went out, "'and all horses did when they were grown up. "'And so, what with the nice oats "'and what with my master's pats, kind words and gentle ways, "'I got to wear my bit and bridle. "'Next came the saddle, but that was not half so bad. "'My master put it on my back very gently, Whilst old Daniel held my head. He then made the girths fast under my.